0: LifeWay Lifeway Leadership Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. And Derek, I want to talk about honey. You you're a bit of, a a bit of an expert, apparently.
1: Well, I was, yeah, yeah, I am an expert. I've had one Uber trip with a man who has six hives, and I would consider myself an expert now. Yeah. <laughs> what would you like to know, Scott? Ask me anything.
0: How many hives do you need to Ask have? Ask
1: Me Anything actually is a great name for a podcast, <laughs> led by J.D. Greer. <laughs> Part, of our,
0: Part of our Lifeway Leadership Podcast Lifeway Network. Leadership, right? yeah, that's right. If you want to uh, check out one of our podcast partners, Ask Me Anything is a great podcast to check out. But today, we're on The One Thing, and that's been brought to you with thanks to the Geneva Push the Australian Church Planning Network. Uh, And for now, you've pressed play on episode number 75 of The One Thing, Building a Beachhead for Mission. Building a ministry beachhead sounds quite dramatic, Derek.
1: It does, doesn't it? But it is very visual. It's a, it's a good visual phrase. And so one of the things that we want to explore today is yeah, how you're thinking not just your own church, but the churches you uh, want to plan in order to see the lost reach there. So how do you make steps towards that? And in this case today for this topic, how do you build beachheads to keep moving up? Because you can't drive you know, an hour away off and, and plant. So how do you
0: possibly go a little shorter distance in order to get to the other place you need a beachhead? And today we've got Chris Eakins, who's the pastor of Coast EC Church, just up past Sydney, well, probably a little bit further up past Sydney, about four hours, uh, at uh, the beautiful town of Foster. Welcome, Chris. Thank
2: you. Hey, Scotty.
0: Derek, how <laughs> are you? Right. Tell us a little bit about Coast EC's vision for being a church planting church.
2: Uh, sure. Well, um, 10 years ago, we moved to Foster to plant a church here. Foster's a uh, regional centre. And uh, the kind of vision was to, um, you know, establish a, a church hub in Foster and then to plant into the surrounding satellite suburbs. And then uh, that's kind of in our own backyard. And then further afield, we wanted to plant up in bit 40 minutes to the north, so that it could then plant into the uh, surrounding suburbs up there.
0: So from the start, that was that was the plan. You know, it sounds like from yeah. the start you had this vision or is this something that just came to your you know, a couple of years ago after church kind of worked?
2: Um, no, that's, that was kind of always the plan to try and plant a, a church that planted churches. I didn't exactly know what shape it would take until uh, we kind of hit, hit the ground here. So we've had a crack at all, a whole bunch of different, different things in that direction.
1: So one of the things that I've heard you talk about before, because that's your vision to plant is Halliday's Point which is where you kind of went to. Um, Why did you do Halliday's Point before
2: you went to Taree? Well, so Taree is 40 minutes to the north of Foster. And uh, I suppose over the last 10 years, there's been a fairly steady stream of people from Taree come down to church for a little while. But uh, the the commute ended up being too much for them to kind of stick and get involved midweek and invite their mates to church and stuff like that. Uh, We tried to plant uh, some home groups in Taree to try and uh, create, you know, a bit of a midweek presence up there and that that, for some reason uh, bombed pretty hard so uh we figured the next the next best thing to do was to plant halfway which was Halliday's 20 minutes north of here and 20 minutes south of there and with a view to um inviting people down from tari um we figured that commute was a bit more sustainable for them and then send them back up to tari to plant uh there
1: so you've described it as a beachhead
2: yes did, did they,
1: is the vision always been in Halliday's Point, this is a beachhead, like it is a temporary meeting?
2: Uh, no, the, the the kind of purpose for Halliday's was always for it to be a, a congregation or a campus plant of Coast DC, and two two main purposes. One was to reach the lost people at uh, Halliday's Point, there's 7,000 people up there, but then also to function as the beachhead for, uh, for Tari, so twi- twin goals there particularly.
0: You've talked about the location. You've talked about actually setting up a campus uh, or a congregation up at Halliday's Point. Is that the only thing needed? Like, how did you find the person to lead that? Um, How did you envisage the church, you know, to get on board with that, you know, with that vision? What are the practical steps for actually getting this happening?
2: Well, yeah, so we've prayed a lot about this. Uh, We've been praying for, yeah, 10 years now for Taree and the surrounding suburbs. So, um, yeah, lots of prayer. Um, I suppose trying to get clarity on the vision and the strategy of how we're going to try and uh, tackle that. So um, starting a home group up at holidays was a bit of a first step. Try and form a bit of a potential launch team for for that community, and then likewise when people start coming down from Tari, um, we try and start home groups up in Tari, which we've got now with a view to them kind of forming a launch team up there.
0: And can you give us a picture of the how this took? 12 to 18 months. This has been two to three years.
2: Uh, well, we've been praying for 10 years. Um, so three years ago, we uh, took on a church planter apprentice. Mm-hmm. So he asked me, where, where do you find the people? Well, I think I've been ringing you up for five years, Scotty. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> through the Geneva assessment process, are, are you meeting any guys who would potentially uh, be suited to planting in Taree, which I think would be a pretty tough place to, to plant and. Yeah. uh then, um, yeah, after, you know, several persistent phone calls and uh, being like the dripping tap, yeah, we, we got to meet um, Joel Hill uh, through the Geneva assessment process. We took him on board as a church planner apprentice. Part of the apprenticeship was having him round up the, the crew from Halliday's, the home groups there, and and do the uh, the launch team thing and start that congregation of Coast DC. Yep. Um, that was kind of like uh, part of his apprenticeship with a view to then um, – Taken whoever he can gather from amongst coast they see and crew who've come down from Taree and surrounds back to Taree. So he's lived in Taree the whole time he's been with us, two and a half years now. And God willing, he's going to um, plant in Tari. um Yeah, so
0: it's helpful to hear that you had to be persistent, like a dripping tap, a bit you know, a bit like you know, regularly going back to the same fishing spots and you know, and fishing them even when there's even when there's not you know they're not biting because you know that you know that's where they bite. Uh, you persistently came back um, what about what about yourself uh, as a leader what did, what did you need to change because because you enjoy ministry you love starting new things to be able to hand over to to, to Joel uh, and hand off the starting of the new thing that would have been a bit of hard work for you or have I got you wrong you don't like starting new things <laughs>
2: Oh mate, like you're saying, if you're fishing and uh, you know there's a big fish down there, do you want to be handing the rod to someone else? No way, <laughs> no way, no way. Um, yeah. So um, that was a particularly, I find that very hard to do. Actually, take on Joel and then um, uh, say to him, Here, "Here's here's a group. Why don't you form a launch team and, and plant?" Because um, that, that's part of a, I suppose, part of the um, way God's you know gifted me starting ministries and to give someone else, you know. The crack at that, that—that was painful. Um, yep. That's the fun stuff. That's the action. I wanted to be be there, but uh, for his for his training and ultimately for the good of you know the folk up in Taree, um, yeah, Joel was just tasked with the go, the go for it. You raid the cupboard, take whoever you want. Go for it.
0: Now you're intentional. You're intentional about that. You you know you just spoke very briefly about training. Um, you, you're intentional about what you were getting him to do back at coast, you're intentional about actually having him, uh, land and, and, and leave in Taree cause that's, that's kind of the end point. And that, and that meant, you know, he was commuting 40 minutes every day to go to, you know, go to the office in, in Foster. <laughs> yes. Um, what other, you know, intentional things did you do with the heels to, to get them ready?
2: I suppose just walk with him, um, you know, through the whole process in terms of getting, having vision clarity, rounding up a launch team, working out um, what, the, what the kind of purpose is, like I said, those twin purposes of uh, reaching the lost and uh, forming a beachhead, uh, helping him work out the uh, – actually getting him to work out the, um, the venue with the, with the launch team, um, talking through finances, just, just kind of uh, like, a, like a regular apprenticeship uh, on the job, Training as he goes, and we just dig into whatever roadblock or hurdle or the next step is.
0: Great. Well, we, we're going to take a quick break and we are, are going to talk about one of our great podcast partners. Which one? Podcast. Mm-hmm. Podcast. Uh, the new, a new Church's thing. QA podcast yes. with Daniel Lim, Ed Stetzer, and Todd
1: Atkins. Oh, three guys we love very much. Uh, what have they done recently? Temptations Permanent Location. How to start a leadership pipeline in church. In fact, we had Todd and Daddy to do that. And what happens when a mega church moves into your neighborhood? That
0: is a very appropriate topic for Australia, Derek.
1: The mega church one. That's great. Well, I think that's an interesting topic. Because I've heard anecdotally, and I've got to find the research for this, that if you plant next to a mega church, you know, that's actually not as threatening as you might think. In fact, it'd be quite helpful. Anyway, that's not our podcast. We're not doing that today. Okay, <laughs> that's not our podcast. But And I'm not sure even that's what Foster did. I'm not sure in Taree there's a mega church. Is there, Chris? Uh, no, mate. No. Okay, no, <laughs> no mega church there.
0: Anyway, but Scott, let's throw to you what's in your toolbox today? Uh, well, you've heard Chris talk uh, a bit about his strategy there in terms of 20 minutes and 20 minutes. Got a great resource online from Wade Burnett. Uh, that unpacks some of the thinking into how to how to build and how to prepare for a uh, uh, I guess a multi-campus or a multi-site uh, church, uh, and so we'll give an, li- give a link for that in the show notes. The second resource is is a book called um, Multi Church. I, I think I think it's always helpful to sort of read what other people are doing, uh, and so the book called uh, Multi Church uh, we'll put in the link there. Show notes to that as well is, is a really helpful book to read, and then the uh, the final resource. Uh, uh, Chris has talked about uh, apprenticeships and church planning uh, apprenticeships. That's not something that, um, you know, that that we, we often in Australia do the, the apprentice apprenticeship beforehand. Just going to give you a link to um, MTS. MTS have just relaunched their website. They've got a whole bunch of resources that are really helpful on uh, mts.com.au and we'll provide a link in the show notes to those as well.
1: Excellent. All righty, back to Chris Higgins. Chris, you've mentioned um, that you prayed for 10 years to get to Taree. Um, And you've also said that one of the things you've said to the Hills, you've given them kind of carte blanche permission to go and raid Foster and put people. How is it in that 10 years uh, that you've held on to the mission that you had there, that evangelistic drive? And how is it that the people who Joel and Hannah are talking to now in order to pull up to Tari, how are you instilling them with that evangelistic fervor that you guys had right at the start? How have you kept that going?
2: Uh, I suppose that... um... And mainly we believe the gospel. You now we believe that, um people need Jesus. And so that's that's the that's the constant drive. We live in um between Jesus' resurrection and his return. So I don't really have too much better to do with my time than um, you know, help people meet him or grow in him. So having having um kind of convictions um like that just uh Personally, I don't find it. I need to be that strategic about it. I just, I, I know I have that have that drive, um, but I do want to help other people um, see that the ultimate realities others are living under. And so, preaching and teaching the gospel, I'm trying to build a culture at church where it's normal for us to be um, on about. Uh, helping more people meet Jesus, having church accessible to them, having the gospel preached clearly, having people's uh, potential objections kind of dealt with during the sermon. So any week's a good week to bring your mate to church. I'm trying to help people um, feel confident about bringing their mates to church where they can uh, hear the gospel or other kind of evangelistic events. Um, So, yeah, try and build their confidence to do that. So part of uh, one of the key planks we have is predictability. So we run the Mm. same course same way and the church kind of runs it doesn't change a whole a whole bunch um, so people know what they're going to get when they come to church but also we do try and uh, help help build people's competencies to help them share their testimony in a way that's natural for them uh, or provide some easy tools to invite their mates but um yeah mate keeping the gospel front and center um is, is basically how we've kept mission on the agenda
0: mm. So you've talked you talked talk there just I guess briefly about the sort of the Sunday gathering or the, the regular gathering. You've kept that consistent and the same, haven't had, you know, a lot of changes. what sort of systems have you also, you know, found helpful from the start that you've sort of put into the you know, structures and systems you put into the life of Coast D C? Uh
2: yeah, probably uh, being intentional about prayer. Um we we encourage anyone who calls Coast D C home to be I'm um, praying for three or four of their non-Christian mates um, regularly. Um, we try and drive that through our home groups. Make sure we pray in the public gathering. Um, uh, I think prayer is a pretty good system. <laughs> we're bringing the needs of others to our Father, and He's good at getting stuff done. So uh, prayer is probably the best system we got that uh, yeah. God gives to me. Oh yeah, within our home groups, we're at the moment trying to um, help someone in the group take responsibility for for mission. So have uh, a group member, not the leader, a group member, kind of keeping it on the radar of other group members. Like who are you praying for at the moment? What do you think the next step is? Hey, you've got this event coming up. Is that an appropriate one for your mate? Um, yeah. So driving things through our home groups is another one of our um, key kind of systems.
1: As you've talked to the hills and people about going to Tauri, you're not worried about them taking the people who do everything at Foster and kind of pillaging them up oh, to Tauri.
2: Oh, to be honest, yeah, this is painful. Um, I basically said to Joel, mate, you come and raid the cupboard if you can convince you can have a go taking anyone with you, um, and you can you can do that. No, no one's off limits. Um, so, yep, he's been pretty good at doing that. <laughs> good at doing that. And so there's uh, we we you know we currently have some uh, angst uh, in our holidays church about uh viability will be viable with so many going so mm-hmm. a small congregation there's only like um maybe 45 people there and when you take half of them to go plant that's um that's that's going to mean some challenges for us at this end but we we just think it's uh really important that it, like a a beachhead does get established now in Taree. Mm-hmm so that it can reach the surrounding suburbs. And um, there's, there's a cost to that. We, we get to say goodbye to good people, good friends, and there's, there's a relational cost to that too. Yeah, so there's pain.
0: Now, one final question. Someone might push back and say, I don't have, I don't have the resources. How have you got the resources to do this?
2: Uh, well, there's three things. I reckon um, building prayer support. Prayer is key. We send regular uh, updates to our supporters so they can pray for us. The other resources of leaders, secondly, you know, you've got to raise up leaders, so building leadership pipelines. We, we invest heavily in uh, training and recruiting new home group leaders. One of the guys on staff, Dev, he started our gap year program for Year 13 students um, and to kind of stem the flow of our talent out of town as they leave to go to uni. MTS, church plan apprenticeships, so you've got to raise up leaders for the task. And also we, we uh, rely on recruiting from outside church, so we our, one of our constant prayers is that God would send soldiers, people who are Christians who are ready to roll. So we pray about that. We um, we have a lot of tourists who come to uh, Foster mm-hmm. for Holidays and visit church, and if they're Christian, we just say, why don't you move here? Come and partner mm-hmm. with us. So um, come and visit Coast DC, Drone Peril, because we'll hit you up. And uh, we also then uh, work with other organisations to um, resource us too. So, like, for instance, Geneva, um, send us a church planner, yep. uh, apprentice and stuff like that. So, yeah, build prayer support, raise up leaders, and lastly, build financial support. God owns everything. Right? He's a very generous God. He's given us his son. Um, he wants to grow his church more than we do. He's more committed to that than I am. And Christians who've met this generous God become generous like him. The gospel transforms, and so uh, Christians are generous. When they see gospel need, they, um, they give, particularly mm. if they can see there's like a clear strategy for how you're going to get the gospel to lost people. So I think um, one of the reasons you don't have resources often can be um, there's not good prayer support. There's not leaders to actually get the thing done if you have the resource, the financial resource to do it. But if you can kind of put these three things together, I don't know, that's get that's a well mm. resource. James says, you know, you covet, but you can't get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you don't receive because you ask your wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So, mate, the invitation there is to ask to ask God and the motive being for his glory and the good of other people. Mm. Ask God, pray, pray for the resource, and then ask God's people to give to give it he makes them generous he makes some of them wealthy he makes um those even with a little generous so so ask god's people ask people within your church to step up their generosity um for the sake of the lost and then ask people outside the church if you're an under resourced church to um to partner with you either as individuals or find some partner churches who might uh, be keen to help resource a church planting movement uh in the nation nice
1: chris what's your one thing? That people should be taking away when it comes to building a beachhead for mission?
2: Uh, work out the big picture, where, where you can imagine it being in 20 years if all the plants that you can imagine happened, and then just take the next practical step in that direction. But just do something.
0: Well, if you like what you heard today on The One Thing, we'd appreciate it if you take a moment to rate the show on iTunes and even leave a comment. Thanks, Chris, uh, for joining us. It's been great having you uh, with us. Uh, and It's been great having you listening in for another episode of The One Thing as well. Coming up on our next episode, we have got Paul Harrington talking about casting a bigger vision. Paul Harrington talking about casting a bigger vision. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Henner. Chat soon.